So the average lifespan of a human is about 4,000 weeks. So what you're saying there about stepping out of our comfort zone, some of us listening to this may have used up more weeks than others. Some maybe have more to use. So if we have an average of 4,000 weeks, how many of those have we already used up worrying or fearing and actually not stepping out of our comfort zone? If we know. Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast. I'm Jackie Goddard and I work with entrepreneurs, leaders and speakers to make them excited about sharing their thoughts and ideas with an audience. With this podcast, I have the privilege of speaking with successful creatives, business owners and thought leaders about the importance of creativity for work and life. And I get to hear about their unique journeys too. I've been inspired, educated and enthused by every person I've interviewed and today's guest is no exception. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Power to Speak the podcast and my guest today is an award-winning magician of the Magic Circle, CEO of the Confident Club and host of the Unlocked podcast, Ricky Locke. Hello Jackie. Yeah, great to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, no, it's great to have you here. Thank you for for your time today, uh, because you are a man that is in demand. You've had a you've had a busy year getting married. So congratulations on that. Thank you. But you have you've been to a, quite a few weddings, I would imagine, in your mm. time being a, a, a magician as you are. How did that start for you? Why? Why magic? And what is it about weddings? That's a really good question. So originally um, with the magic, it was born out of a, um, I guess, a a way to be accepted or a bit of belonging. So a bit of a social cue in uh, social situations like the pub or at work. Um, And I'd had a fascination from it as a little child and as a little boy, but I wasn't the traditional magician that most magicians get a magic set as a kid and they're hooked and they become that they fulfill their dreams and build like a successful business from it. I had that magic set, but kind of tossed it to one side, moved on with life. And then it was only until I was about probably 15, 16, when we started going out to pubs and stuff, I started to just do magic tricks. I started to get an interest into it. And I thought, oh, hey, you know, oh, Jack, come come have a look at this, Craig, come look at this little trick. And it'd be like, oh, wow, cool. And then I got hooked on that feeling of just giving that sense of wonder of people going, wow, that's amazing. How on earth did he do that? And it, it, it was so infectious that um, I decided to take it in with me into my career. So before I was obviously um, a professional magician, I had a, a career, 15-year career working in retail. And I used to use it as a way in staff rooms to build up my confidence, to approach people, to um, make people feel great. So create a sense of wonder if they're having a really bad day. And then as I kind of climbed up the ladder, I would use it in team meetings, in workshops and presentations. And then near the end of that career, I would use it in all of my workshops all across the country just to kind of add a little bit of a magical element. And uh, that's that's kind of where it, it kind of started from. With the weddings, it was um, it was just it, it doesn't sound very glamorous at all, Jackie, but it was just like someone said, hey, we're getting married. Would you like to do some magic? And I went, never done it before. I'll give it a go. Let's do it. And then. I went, oh, this is really good. This is a day where most of the time people are really happy to be there. And it's a place where it's quite fun and there's a lot of love there. And it just kind of thought, well, you know, what, this would be something quite nice to pursue. And then I just kind of built a business from it and then eventually went full time, left the career, 
and then um yeah about 70 to 80 weddings a year now it's wow. um yeah crazy crazy but, but, but crazy. very fun yeah god that's that's almost two a week that's yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. hell of a lot of weddings a hell of a lot yeah. of weddings i love the idea that you you did it throughout your career in retail because actually it is a fantastic way of of breaking down barriers isn't it between people yeah 100% yeah there's this real sense of um i guess this childlike wonder you know as kids we are we, we're not taught to be playful or creative we, we just do it we just you know we're encouraged to go play like my daughter is right now you know to go play my wife is with her i should say she's not just loose <laughs> by the way in the office but um you know they go off and play and learn and then when we get into a, a adulthood we start to kind of slow down and at school you're told to write in the lines you conform to life so that when you kind of leave a lot of that is sucked out of you so then to go back to that feeling of that innocence and childlike wonder is is quite a lovely thing to just take people away from the constraints of every day of let's moan about my mortgage let's moan about how high the electricity bills are and actually just for about 20 or 30 seconds experience something that's so wonderful and impossible that um is quite often at the weddings the selling point is that it's memories that are talked about long after the wedding so yeah it's, it's wonderful yeah that's i mean it's a great thing to be able to to bring to people isn't it yeah. Yeah. so tell me how did you then go i mean it, it, this thing about magic and the, the the magic circle and the kind of the secrecy and i can understand the secrecy how do you get ex- accepted how do, how does mm. it work how how do you go from being an, an an amateur magician playing with with your magic set to sort of getting in with the with the big guys yeah, it's a really good question, actually. And it's um, so the Magic Circle in the UK is based in Euston in London. And um, it's it's a wonderful place where the public can actually go. You can go and watch shows where magicians from the Magic Circle will um, will be there and they can do the shows and do like close up magic or in the theatre as well. And they've got a museum as well with lots and lots of memorabilia, such as Dynamo shoes, the shoes that he used to walk on the River Thames. So it's quite mm-hmm. cool. And Tommy Cooper and loads of certain memorabilia. But to get to that point, um, the first thing that I did was to join a local magic society, which was the Peterborough Society of Magicians. And just to start networking with magicians um, in there, I met a few magicians who were members of the magic circle or who had previously been members and now were just kind of in their kind of retirement days and just doing it for fun and just starting to kind of get an idea of um, practicing and performing in front of people. And then decided to kind of research and find out about it. And the way to become a member of the Magic Circle is that you can apply online. You do an application, like a um, an, an interview. So you rock up at the Magic Circle in London, do a bit of an interview just to prove that you are not there to reveal secrets or anything like that. You are a real uh, magician that is you know, really interested in the magical art. And uh, if they deem that you are appropriate, you will then obviously become an apprentice automatically, or you can go in for the, the full exam. And the exam is uh, an eight to 12 minute routine in front of 30 to 40 magicians in like a kind of parlor kind of setting, which Jackie is the, the most incredibly difficult thing I've ever done in my life because every single magician knows every trick you're doing. They know exactly where your hands and where your eyes are going to be. And they know all the pattern because they've heard every single joke every single day for the rest of their lives. So it'd be a bit like me and you, if we turned up at a, you know, a big theater full of maybe professional speakers or actors they're going to know what obviously we're doing. So it's quite difficult. But if you um, you get through it, you get some feedback and you pass the, um, 
the grade, there's some credibility and um, some markings that you've got to pass, such as stagecraft, presence, engagement. And then if you pass that, you get like the diploma to say that you are a member of the Magic Circle. You get to wear your badge with pride when you go out and um, perform. So, yeah. God, I can't imagine anything more intimidating <laughs> <laughs> yes, than yeah. doing a 20-minute set to 30 or 40 magicians. That just sounds horrendous, really. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. And, and one of the front row, um, so Paul Martin, uh, who's, a, who's a really quite big big magician in the, the magic scene, he was like kind of one of my favorite magicians. So I saw, and I didn't know because they didn't tell you who's going to be the judges on the day. It's basically who turns up. And I was like, oh, okay. So my, my act was pretty much based on his kind of cheekiness and routine. I thought it was great. So it's nice now. I obviously always say to him every time I see him, like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're my judge. You judge me. Yeah. So it's his reason that I'm here now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so where did that kind of, what were you like then as a, as a kid? Was it, <laughs> yeah. did the magic, did the magic come because you were interested in the tricks and, and kind of, fooling people or or you know amazing people with the tricks or did it come from a, a place of wanting to communicate with people and and make a connection yeah I think I mean th there's a point I think as well of, of being a magician that there's this narcissistic I guess um you know tendency to this that people would think that if you're the center of attention a bit like acting on stage you know there is that you know we, we all do it because we we love the sound of applause that kind of you know, feeds our souls, you know, makes out, feeds our egos. And I guess I never really was like that at school. I was very much a case of um, like an emo kid. Yeah. So as an emo kid, you know, long hair, long curly hair, playing guitar and music and all that kind of thing. Wasn't like one of the footballers who were like the most popular in school. So I was probably like an underdog, I guess. So there was never this um, goal to be accepted as like the the highest, you know, of that chain really. But I guess there was always this wonder to make people feel good. And uh, I'd all, I was always, always a nice kid, nice boy, uh, always great grades, always good. You know, I never do anything bad at all, Jackie. You know, my score report was brilliant, you know. And um, I guess there was always this tendency to make people feel good. So I think that kind of linked in with the magic because probably about 20, 30 years ago, I, you know, at school 20 years ago, I wouldn't have ever dreamed of being on a stage at all. It was always probably a, um, a nice, I guess, dream of that to happen but it, you know if you'd asked me to do it, i wouldn't have done it and now it's kind of like second nature to us you know you, you trip me in a room like yeah i'll go i'll do the stage yeah i'm happy to do that you know um but i think it kind of was born from that idea of let's just be nice let's do something that's really wonderful and to take people distract them from everyday life mm -hmm. and troubles to let's just create some wonder right now yeah yeah I mean, I have to say, I mean, I don't know you very, very well, but we've met on several occasions through different sort of networks and yellow tuxedo and all that. And and you just are in the nicest possible way a people pleaser. And you just yeah. have this thing that, you know, you you want people to have the best time. I, 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 can, I feel that from you. I get that from you. And this whole, you know, you did a workshop for yellow tuxedo yeah. around how can you make the experience as best as you possibly can yeah. for the customer so yeah does, is that come does that come from that kind of people pleasing want wanting to make everybody's mm. journey through life a little bit better yeah do you know what I just had a thought here thinking about as a kid I remember um because I'm a bit of a jack of all trades master of not many things I should say so I can play the piano I can play the drums uh, I can play guitar and I remember as a kid if um you know like when people would come around um like maybe like 
um, family members or something like that to see my mum downstairs. I'll be playing on my keyboard and I'll just turn up a little bit louder probably than usual. And it wasn't to show off that there was, I think, this thought inside me going, oh, look, look at this, look what I can do. But not as a, um, a narcissistic thing. It was like, look, I can do this too. So you can do this too. Come on, let's do it together. And I think that's kind of where that started from. So definitely not as a narcissistic thing. Oh, look at me. Look at Fancy Ricky. It was like, look at what I've just learned. Look, I've just learned how to play drums. That's well cool, you know. And then again, that's with that magic thing. It kind of was to, hey, let's show you something really cool. Let's have some fun. But I guess what you were saying there, one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou, is that people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I think I've had this tendency in my life to always have uh, to leave a legacy wherever I go. So back in my retail days, at every store I worked at in Argos, it was to leave a legacy. What could I do to make it a really fun place that people remember me? And not again for a, a narcissistic thing, but it was just like, let's make this such a wonderful experience to work together everywhere I go. So if it's magic, it'll be creating those magical moments. If it's um, doing a keynote, it's, you know, what can I get the audience to walk away with and think differently or inspire them to take some action and create a magical moment? And I guess that's probably a, a bit that little little boy, Ricky, playing the keyboard, turning up loud to, you know, show people, oh, there's amazing things that can happen here. We can do this. And then the Maya Angelou thing has kind of followed me into my retail career, my business and the customer service journey, and then, Obviously, now the unlocking the best version, it's about there is this kind of wonderful versions of ourselves that we can unlock and we don't have to sell for just average. Let's have some fun you know, while we're here. Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I think it was it. I think it's written on my um, board in front of me. I think it's from Robin Sharma's 5 a.m. Uh, club, which is one of the saddest things in life is to get to the end and look back in regret knowing that you could have been uh, done and had so much more. I think that's just really important, isn't it? You know, why wait to the end and look back and go, I wish I could have done that. No. So let's just create magic moments now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Maya, that, that quote from Maya Angelou, I use all of the time myself because I think it's so important, especially obviously with what we do is just, you know, when you're trying to explain to people that, yes, you have you have everything you need. Just stand up and speak. Let people hear what it is that you say and don't worry about what you're saying. But, what you know, think about the audience and how they are going to leave the room. How are you going to make them feel? Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I love that. She was an, an amazing woman. But yeah. before we touch on, to take it forward, because before we leave the childhood thing, because they're just, I, I asked you for some fun things and I just need yeah. to ask <laughs> you this because it's now playing on my mind. The countries that begin with P? <laughs> yes, yeah. Was that a phobia or, I mean, just explain yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, so to all the listeners and people watching, I used to have this huge belief that the any places or maybe activities beginning with P, um, I would have incredibly bad luck. And this is still quite a, a recent thing. But, Jackie, I don't believe in it now because I now understand that they were just outcomes, right? So to, to the listeners out there, beliefs are just lies. So um, if you was to to write the word belief down, B-E-L-I-E-F, -E there is a word inside of that word, which is lie. And beliefs are just lies that we tell ourselves, but it's our choice to decide if they're true or not. Quite often or not, um, we believe them to be true and it's probably false. It's just because we haven't updated our references. So to give you an idea, um, I went to Pisa. Pisa, beautiful place, lovely place and um, um, lovely time away with my uh, then fiance, who's now wife. Uh, and unfortunately, Ryanair cancelled the flight out of no reason in particular. So it meant that we were delayed 
um, flight, which meant I didn't get home until about the next day. We had to stay up into another hotel. And uh, I just got back in time about four or five hours before a wedding. Next place I went to was Peru. We had a wonderful opportunity to climb Machu Picchu. Did three or four days in the Peruvian jungle and climbed up to one of the wonders of the world. It was beautiful, beautiful, lovely holiday again. And to get there, Jackie, there's three planes that you need to get from the UK to get to South America. We took off on the first flight. The second flight, as soon as we had landed, had already gone. Some mishap in communication for whatever reason. When me and uh, my wife landed, it's only our luggage going on this connecting flight kind of conveyor belt. And there's this very shady man who says, you need to follow me and uh, you've missed your flight. I went, okay, fair enough. He must work for the airline. He took us outside. We go outside, uh, outside the airport. We're thinking, where's he taking us? Go over the bridge, over the motorway. He takes us to this office, which is a bit, bit of a shady office. Um, very difficult. They don't speak a great deal of English. And uh, in a long story short, quite naive when we were quite young, we had to pay £3,000 to get home. Whoa. And all we were given was a piece of paper. And it was a real airline ticket. Obviously, we, we got it back through insurance um, but we were quite young and naive we didn't know what to do so most people say oh that's quite bad Ricky you know it's got a bad experience um Portugal my friend's lovely wedding beautiful wedding in Portugal flew out there pre-covid and um on the wedding day a hurricane ripped up the roof of the venue while we're all partying inside so everything had to get locked down the whole island got destroyed which mean that um our flight home got cancelled so we decided to use our initiative this time and two friends who went out with us traveled to the other side of Portugal, uh, got a high car, thought we'd fly from the other side of the island because it'd be safer. There was less debris there and it was all booked and we thought, great, got about an hour and a half before the actual flight takes off. And then uh, we thought we'll go to a museum. We go to the museum, Jackie, we come back and our hire car, the rear windows were smashed in and um, my friend's, two friends' luggage was both stolen. This is why my friends do not travel with me on holiday anymore. <laughs> um, I went to Mexico. Mexico doesn't obviously have a P word, but about three days into Mexico, I got appendicitis. I had to have my appendix removed in Mexico. There's no P, obviously, in Mexico, but there's two Ps in appendicitis, so it's double <laughs> the strength for that one. Anyway, most people would think, bloody hell, Ricky, you have incredibly, incredibly bad luck when you go abroad. Now, I don't believe that because there's no such thing as failure. There are only outcomes Yes, that was like three or four really, really bad outcomes. But what most people would do is they tend to have the belief that, oh, my God, I'm never, ever going abroad again because I have bad luck. There were just four coincidentally really bad times, all beginning with P. Um, every other holiday has been absolutely fine. But funny story to wrap it up. Obviously, I got married about eight or nine weeks ago now, and uh, we went on our honeymoon to Mauritius, so no P. Very fortunate to go there. But two days in, Jackie, um, me and uh, my wife decided to go paddle boarding. I <laughs> fell off the paddle board, lost my prescriptive sunglasses. I couldn't see anything. Um, and then as I fell off, the, the paddle board is tied to my ankle. The board swings towards my face and the fin of the paddle board slices my ear. And I got rushed to A&E in Mauritius. Okay, so there you go. So there you go. That's why um, the P word is um, probably <laughs> known as a bad look. But hey, you know what? It's just a belief. It's not true. <laughs> So for anyone out there who does have like beliefs that they're not confident or, um, you know, they're never good enough, just check your references and see if it's true or not. Most yes. often it's probably not true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought when I, when I read that earlier that, that it was something that started in childhood, I thought it sort of went way back, but it sounds <laughs> as if it's, it's something that's sort yeah. of happened yeah. Re relatively recently yeah and maybe it's maybe it's not the p word it's just you <laughs> it, it could just well be me yeah maybe i've had some 
maybe someone put a curse on me when I was a little boy or something. Like, he's playing that bloody keyboard too loud, isn't he? <laughs> Hex me or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know. But it, that, I mean, it kind of, you know, the whole thing about beliefs, I know from from your involvement in the Confident Club, yeah. that but it's it's presentation, it's not pre- presentation training, yeah. but it's presentation belief. Yeah, How- so that's right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it's presentation mastery workshops that we run, but it's something much more than just presentation skills. It's all about beliefs. We use a little bit of NLP in there, and we help people become more confident in life. Most of the time, people walk away from our presentation workshop using all of those skills that we teach them in their life as well not just at work so it's something that's so empowering and i got to experience it a couple of years ago myself by uh, attending and even me as a, a performer and a presenter who's used to presenting even i walked away with going oh my god um i didn't know that and how empowered i felt to then use those skills in in everyday life you know such as that presupposition of there's no such thing as failure there's only outcomes so it's it's a really really wonderful thing and uh, we go into uh, loads of different companies at director levels we do open days for the public to join as well so um, earlier on this year we had two wonderful people we had Dwayne Chambers uh, Sebastian Fucom they came on to uh, com- come join us as well and we run it twice a year so um, the next available dates are in April next year in London where people can come and if they have that belief that they are terrible presenters or they're really bad at presenting and obviously they can come along and uh, we can show them that actually it's probably not true and actually they are probably more better than they think they are yeah yeah i mean it sounds like everything that you do there is totally aligned with the way that i i speak to people because i came into the sort of presentation world from an acting background talking to people about motivation and what motivates a character and and everything around that is about the belief system so it's about believing that you're that person rather than playing that person. And actually, it's, it's very similar when you're dealing with the public and getting them to understand that actually they are absolutely capable of being themselves. You know, they, they, they don't have to play at being themselves. They can just be themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's funny, Jackie. It's, it's a really good point there. I was, I was thinking about the, um, the Man on the Moon um, film with Jim Carrey. And yeah. he, he method acts like even backstage, which is brilliant. But there's a funny thing there you mentioned about that the belief thing, because we, we use this as an example in the content club that, you know, babies, when they're born, they are born with just two fears, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling over. That's it. So it means everything else is learned, which means you can unlearn it. So uh, in those situations of training people, we know that actually, do you know what? That's just a, a conditioned response that you've built that you can unlearn. And we yeah. can show you how to do that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I came into it, I suppose, as, a, as an actor trainer and working uh, with people on that sort of thing, on their sort of voices, the physicality of how they speak, the, you know, organs of articulation, the breath work, all of those things. And actually now through the coaching process, I'm beginning to realize that, that a lot of what I do is around that, that kind of basic mindset and, and once people kind of yeah. take ownership of their stories even and the confidence just you, yeah. you can see the transformation it's incredible and then and then the voice just falls into place and then I don't yeah. have to worry about you know how they're breathing how they're speaking the the authenticity and all of that stuff because it all comes quite naturally once they've got that kind of basic belief system yeah. sorted out yeah definitely yeah. so I would love to know because I don't, we haven't kind of touched on how you 
went from magician to let me just show you here because this is you for those that are listening this is a, a picture of the confident club website with ricky center stage with is that steve steve mcdermott yeah steve mcdermott and curly uppington and, yeah. and curly uppington on either side and how did your journey to this space with them happen yeah, it's a really good question. And it was a, a very exciting journey back in lockdown where um, I obviously formed a podcast like yourself. And when you look around for guests, you think, oh, who'd be really exciting. And uh, one of my favorite uh, videos and um, uh, speakers was, was Steve McDermott. And I used to use Steve's work in a lot of my um, customer experience workshops back in Argos. So before I went full time with Magic Business and uh, he has a great video on YouTube called The Four Minute Rule which is all about first impressions. And it's up to about seven to 17 seconds to create a first impression. And then it's tend to be up to up to four minutes to recover if it's a really bad first impression. So we used to use it as an example for customer service when you first greet and welcome people, which is a great example as well for on stage or even on presentations. What's that first impression look like? Rather than just turning up and going, hello, welcome to my video. You know, what can you do to hook the audience in? So we used to use that a lot. And I thought, you know what? He's really great. I'm going to ask him to come on to the podcast. I had his book. He's got like um, uh, a book, which was the second edition. And um, he just, yeah, sent me a voice note and he uh, replied back and said, love to be on your podcast. Let me know your address. I've actually got a third edition of the book coming out. I'll send you a new copy. I went, hey, brilliant. So he came on. We got on really well. And I often say this to him. Uh, I'm not sure if he agrees now, but um, uh, if you put a picture of me and Steve next to each other, um, I think that's probably how I'm going to look like in 30 years time. You know, like kind of <laughs> silvery hair now, um, the, the big black rim glasses like me. And um, we just gone really well. And then he, he reached out to me a couple of months after I kept in touch with him. And he says, I've just got this really cool feeling about you. I think there'd be something there in the future. How would you like to come and experience the presentation mastery workshop? And then maybe we bring you in as a coach and go from there. And that's kind of just how it happened just from the podcast by reaching out to someone and say, I think you're really awesome. Would you like to come on? And uh, it's it's blew into this beautiful, um, you know, relationship now where we'll go around uh, probably monthly and go into companies like Coca-Cola, uh, Feature Space, Audible, just to kind of run our workshops and um, just born from a, a conversation, a voice note on LinkedIn to something so beautiful now. So, wow. uh, and like you said earlier on, Jackie, the values there, completely uh, aligned with uh, everything that I was doing at the time to what they do as well. So it was a nice natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just shows you that, you know, you need to, you need to make these, these steps to, to not be afraid. And this is, I in lockdown have started the podcast, like you did have sort of, uh, what's the word pivoted for, for want yeah. of a better word have diversified maybe in in my sort of career from teaching actors to actually you know across to to working with business people entrepreneurs authors whoever's you know need to present because i've you know i've i think it's incredibly beneficial to bring that to everyday everyday life it's just to you know make sure that people are as confident as they they possibly can be but it is a lot of it is stepping outside of your comfort zone 
which you know there's there's lots of cases over the last two three years that if I hadn't have have actually put my finger on a button and entered a breakout room if I hadn't have stepped out and gone oh my god what am I doing in an after there was an after show that I thought oh do they want me there no click the bottom button what's the worst that can happen and I met some amazing people and so I think it's really great to let people know and let people see that actually it doesn't have to be you're not going to die you're not going to die it's it's just step outside of your comfort zone. The, that's where the magic happens. That's where the transformation happens. Is really on the on the edge of your comfort zone. I, I totally agree. Yeah, and and that kind of presupposition, saying earlier on that you know there's no such thing as failure, any outcomes, which means that you either succeed or you learn. There's no such thing as failure. And that's just a belief that I've adopted into my life for, for so many years that I'm not afraid to do something that might what some people might say is failure. Um, so to give an example, I, I try. I relaunched my podcast this year, made a huge campaign publicly, committed, made myself accountable, told the world I'm making my podcast, relaunching it, and it's going to go to top 10 of the UK podcast charts because I believe it's so worth it. Did this huge campaign. It got to 67 uh, in the UK charts, which was fantastic, amazing, right? To some people, they'd be like, oh, well, you failed, Ricky, because you didn't do it. And I was like, no, no, no. How cool is that? How fascinating that I, um, it was just an outcome. It wasn't a failure. Um, it was just an outcome. I got to 67. How cool is that? How the whole UK? The other learning was that it actually jumped into a second chart, which I wasn't expecting, which was the education chart. And it got to 150. And at number one of the education chart in the UK is Jordan B. Peterson's podcast, who's wow. quite a prolific speaker, you know, and I was like, wow, fantastic. I'm in the same kind of ranks as those, you know. So there was actually something quite interesting about it. And it was just the way of looking at it. But you're absolutely right. There's this last thing on that one, which is, I can't remember, unfortunately, the, the author of the book. Uh, have you heard about the 4,000 weeks model? No, no, I don't think so. So the average lifespan of a human is about 4,000 weeks. So what you're saying there about stepping out of our comfort zone, some of us listening to this may have used it more weeks than others. Some maybe have more to use. So if we have an average of 4,000 weeks, how many of those have we already used up? worrying or fearing and actually not stepping out of our comfort zone if we know that on average we only have four thousand weeks how many weeks have we actually got left so why not just do something different today step out of your comfort zone because there's no such thing as failure it's just an outcome absolutely yeah. absolutely and it, yeah, it brings me to the power of yes which yeah. Yeah, i had i've i've literally this last i did my third live yesterday so and you very kindly are going to be a guest i'm not sure when this will come out but you may well have been on the live before this actually airs but that for me was stepping outside my comfort zone is to actually just press the button rather than press record when i do these podcasts and i have that kind of cushion of being able to edit and you know do what I need with with the outcome um, to go live. It's like oh, you know what's what could possibly go wrong. And in yeah. fact, last night, yesterday, um, my guest didn't got the timing wrong. So I I spent the first twelve minutes talking to myself, which was was fun. Um, but yeah, what an experience to actually do that. But but the power of yes. takes me back to my first guest, Tom Morris, who's a a philosopher, public American public philosopher, author of 30 books, an amazing, uh, amazing man. But it's, it's, if he hadn't have said yes, if he doesn't say yes, I mean, he still does it now. 
and I think it's something that we should all learn from is just don't be afraid to say yes. I mean, if you hadn't have said yes to Steve McDermott, because you're not just a coach now at Confident Club, are you? No, that's right. Yeah, I'm the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how crazy is that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? What's the worst that could happen if someone, you know, if, if he'd have said no, cool, it's just an outcome. You know, I probably would have tried again in a different way and learned from that and gone, okay, did that strategy work? Maybe I should try a different strategy of getting on the podcast. You know, is there a speaker he knows that I might be able to get on and then they recommend me, you know? So yeah, no, there's, yeah, absolutely. Just say yes to it. And uh, who, who cares what happens? Because I think a lot of this, a lot of people worry about what people might think of them. So that live example of you, you know, oh my God, you know, I've got to do something different. A lot of the time people worry about themselves, but quite often other people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves, you know? So I think that's the thing we we fear quite a lot. I wonder what people are going to say. Yeah, chances are they're probably not thinking about you at all, really. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say in the in the lives so far that I've done, I've only had amazingly supportive friends network you know people that know me so actually and and that's what's happened all the way along everything that I've tried everything that I've given a go stepped outside my comfort zone I've I've not fallen on my on my face it's yeah. it's amazing how people will take you and 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 run with it you know they'll they'll yeah, be yeah. supportive and they'll they'll they're on your side and that's what uh, that's something else that I like to get across to people is that actually your audience want to want you to succeed you know yeah, there's nothing absolutely. worse yeah. and this is what I learned from from teaching uh, when I was teaching acting is that actually the audience and when I was performing as well is that the audience don't want you to fail there's no way an audience want to come in and you must get this when you're you're mm. on, on stage keynoting or as a yeah. magician is that if you go wrong the audience feel awkward and they don't want yeah. to feel awkward so yeah. They are, they're there to kind of say, no, you can do it, Ricky. You can do it. Let's, let's keep going, keep going. And because they don't want you to fail because it make them feel bad. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, look at the, look at your podcast now, right? StreamYard. And it's wonderful. You've got the, um, um, the wonderful graphics. This was probably just a, a pipe dream or an idea. So look at where you've come to now. And that was just by doing something. And then the rest of it unfolds. Yeah. We're not ending here, just taking a quick break. And we'll be back very soon after we hear from our friend, fellow podcaster and master of verbal communication, Andrew Thorpe. We're all in the persuasion business, whether that's pitching to a potential client, selling ourselves in a job interview, or convincing a teenager to tidy their room. How we frame our message and how we deliver it makes all the difference. And this is the theme of my podcast, Leaning Forward. I'm Andrew Thorpe. I'm a speaker, a trainer and a storyteller. And I'd love you to tune in to our latest episode. So what tips have you got then that you that you can give maybe to listeners out there that are wanting to step on a, on the stage? We will talk about this. So, you know, this is this is sort of for the speaking live. We'll save some nuggets for that. But yeah. if, are, are there any any sort of uh, any advice you can give to people about stepping onto a stage and how to sort of build their confidence around that? Yeah, definitely. So there's a great thing, which is what they call free to fee. 
which is about just going out there, you know, offering your services to people um, for probably no no payment at all, but it's a leverage tool for you to, hey, would it be okay? Um, I, you know, I'm happy to come deliver my talk at your event. I want to try this new thing I'm doing. Uh, you don't have to pay me, but I might bring a videographer or I might bring someone to just film it on their iPhone at the back. Um, and if you enjoy it, would you give me a testimonial? And then again, there's a little bit of evidence there that you can say, hey, someone has listened to me. You can kind of build it up from there. That's pretty much what I did with magic. You know, start um, started out by performing for people, do the odd free things. And I, I think sometimes you can split the audience here where some people go, oh, no, you shouldn't be offering your services for free. But if you're wanting to start something, then then it doesn't matter. Free to fee is great because you get to learn, you get to try stuff, see what works. And because you're videoing it as well, it's one of the, the what we call the Jedi mantras, what we use in the content club is always, you know, um, Jedi masters, so professional speakers, we video what we do so we can see how we feel, what we look like, what we're saying on stage. Is it making an impact? What could we learn from that and make it more impactful? So free to fee is a really great thing to do. So Contact somewhere like um, it could be a WI, it could be a round table and just say, hey, look, I'd love to come deliver my talk on this. Um, and would it be OK if I just come and bring a videographer or I bring uh, a cameraman or even if I just have my, um, you know, my wife at the back of the room with a tripod and just video it? Because, you know, most clubs are looking for events all the time and looking for people to come do stuff. And if you mention that it's free. Brilliant. You know, they're not going to complain at that. Obviously, they'll they'll probably want to see something, you know, to see what you like or probably meet you first because they, they obviously don't want to make you look crap or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think it's a great thing to do. Just do some free to fee things. Contact people, contact your local networking groups and say, can I have 10 minutes at the end of the next networking session just to deliver my 10 minutes of my 40 minute keynote? No one's going to say no to that because you're offering something of value to people. So I think that's what a really good thing to do. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That's that's what I do, and I've I've sort of done that in in Zoom rooms on on for present, sort of from ten minutes to twenty minutes. That's kind of you know if you can if you can come up with a, with something that you can present that fits into a nice sort of little networking learning session. That seems to be the, the a great place to sort of get started. And plus, if yeah. you're in a business network, you get you know you get people talking to you. But certainly for myself, because because I come from an acting background rather than a speaker background, I have I've not very often been on a stage giving a keynote. I've not, you know, I've not done a, a talk in person. And so that's definitely my plan is to do those uh, free talks for anybody that will listen just to get that stage experience in that yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I'm I'm used to being on a stage as somebody else, not not yeah. as myself. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So I know because I've done some research. In fact, I looked at your YouTube channel, and there's in your intro there you there's talk about a TEDx talk or a TED talk. Yeah. So is this is this in the planning? Yes, it is. Yeah. So um, I announced that earlier on this year is one of my big, um, as David Heiner says, huge unbelievably big goals and um it's still in the pipeline so um i dropped it in the summer and the reason being was that there was i i started to look at it and refine it and think i don't have a big enough reason why to do it i think at the time it was probably thinking well that looked pretty cool on my linkedin profile and i really want to do one because um I, I believe that i have value to offer to people and one of the biggest questions that you're always asking ted is what makes you different to everyone else and during that time, I was just thinking, you know what? I don't really have a big enough reason why. But since that, 
I, I delivered this talk at the NHS recently. And there's BM. So anyone who comes follow me on uh, LinkedIn, you'll see a little preview of this coming out soon. Uh, and I had this great idea. Um, so I'm going to answer this question, Jack. I'm going to go round it to come yeah, back you to go it. For it. Um, I had this great idea. So using a bit of my story about, you know, leaving my uh, career uh, to go full time in Argos one week before the lockdown and lost everything. And I talked about, you know, the P word and just things going wrong in my life for some reason. And I had this great kind of idea of using this road close sign. And most of the time when people are driving or commuting, if you see a road close sign, it pretty much annoys people really bad because most people think, oh, my God, I'm now going to be late for work. I'm going to be late to my destination. And I think that there's something really magical about the unknown and the uncertainty of where that might take you. So I, I'm imagining one day, maybe in a book, if I write it, like this big, colourful image, if you imagine this, Jackie, of people, you know, in the cars, like a cartoon, people, you know, effing and blinding out the cars because they're late, you know, huge traffic jams. And then there's this little car with me in it, just smiling, happy, singing, yeah. dancing in the car because I'm experiencing something wonderful. And then the reason that it links to me is because of the Confident Club journey, the, the wonderful things that have happened over the last two years because of a huge road close sign like covid right so i decided for that nhs talk one of the key things the most important thing of any presentation is the start and the end so big thing to grab the audience i thought i'm going to grab a road close sign <laughs> so i can't say on on air just in case who knows who might be listening but i found a road close sign jackie and um, um i brought it for the talk so I, I literally run on stage and plonk it on the stage and then say right who here you know, recognizes this and who here feels extremely happy when they see this? Of course, no hands go up. And I said, who here feels really annoyed when they see this? And everybody puts a hand up. And it was the idea to sell this idea that actually the next time that you see this, maybe something magical could happen. But what was so lovely about it and the reason that this links with Ted is at the end of the talk, I, this has never happened before, but this woman came out from the audience. She came up to me and she hugged me and she had tears in her eyes. I said, are you okay? And she said, because and, and it formed such a massive anchor on the side of the stage. That it was a huge sign. And she went, that happened to me in 2020. I'd lost everything. I lost my career. Um, and, and now she's now working in NHS and now doing some magical, wonderful things. And she said, but I just need to tell you how much that really resonated with my life. So thank you for reminding me like where I am now. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. And I said, oh, you know, give me a hug. And she was crying. It was beautiful. And I thought, oh, my God, wow. And I thought, that's never happened before. How fascinating. And now that I think will be, I think the form of the basis of what the TED Talk will be, of the idea that actually maybe there's something powerful about this, that actually things going wrong is actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Because most of the time, most people just think that's going to be a really bad thing. But actually, can't we just enjoy the journey? You know, and life is a, you know, life is adventure. It's not just about the destination. Yeah. So in answer to your question, yeah, um, Next year, I think, is where it's going to be. Um, I have just took a stage and I've uh, got Chris Lovett. He came onto my podcast to share his adventure on how he applied, how he practiced, and how he delivered his first TEDx in Holt, London. He did that earlier on this year. So he's just come on, which that will be out and um, about now uh, for anybody listening. And that's just to explain how he did it and how he applied. So now we've got that kind of idea and, and a bit of references there. Now it's like, right, okay, well, let's go do the application. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I look forward to that. I look forward Thank to you. that. And I think it's, it is those those stories. I mean, I <laughs> I literally yesterday said to a friend of mine that's just done a, 
a TEDx, a TEDx up in Northwich, I think. Was that Trisha? Trisha Lewis? Trisha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trisha. yeah. I've seen her TED. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I said to her yesterday, nominate me. Mm. Do it. Go for it. I said, if you know, because I know it takes it takes a little while. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's ideas mulling around. But it is those it's those stories, which is what I always come back to. It's it's not about finding your stories that are going to make people feel sorry for you or go, oh, poor you. Look at what you've been through. And aren't you amazing to have done this? But it's really finding those stories that resonate, that really yeah. validate somebody else what somebody else has been through so somebody in the audience like that woman that came up to you you really touched her with that story because you gave her permission to yeah. be proud of herself yeah and I think definitely. I think that's yeah. that's where the that emotion comes from and back to Maya and you know that's how you made her feel and that's yeah. that's yeah. that's powerful that's really yeah. powerful yeah definitely so yeah, yeah. good luck with that I, thank I you say I yeah watch this space yeah <laughs> So what is, apart from that, what is coming up for you? What's what's next? Because obviously you're continuing with the um, with the wedding. So I just have a look yeah. there because that's a lovely photograph of obviously yeah. you in uh, in situ in a wedding yeah. doing this stuff. <laughs> so is that still on the agenda or is it? Yes. Yeah. So currently for next year, there's about 50 weddings in the diary already. Um, so quite a busy season because of, Still some postponements. People just scrapped 2021 and 2022 because of COVID. So that's uh, quite a busy year. Um, quite seasonal, obviously. Peak uh, wedding season is like April to September. But you get weddings every day uh, of the year. So um, continuing with the Confident Club. So we'll be uh, working with Kelly and Steve to bring in more clients. Obviously running open days as well, where people will be coming in and experiencing the two days presentation mastery workshop. And uh, who knows, maybe more products and maybe more um workshops maybe in the confident club so we'll see what happens but yeah uh, the way it's going to go continue at the minute is to continue doing what we love doing um we have this funny thing which is that we only like working with people that we really like so that's good so we make sure our values match first and um yeah just um who knows maybe we'll see there's magic in the uncertainty so who yeah. knows yeah no it and I, I would imagine that the podcast will reach the top 10 very soon so how long have you been yeah. going with your podcast yeah, podcast two years now. So um, it's it's in the top three percent of the world, um, which sounds pretty cool. But that's out of like two and a half million podcasts. But that's still cool. I'm still taking that. That's a pretty cool, nice thing. Um, and it gets regular um, gets regular interest from people all over the world. So I get messages from people in America. Um, I had a guest on Michelle Lloyd who started this wonderful um, community in the UK for artists to share. Um, their space and to share how to make money from their art so obviously she came on i went on hers and then um because there's a lot of people in america i've been getting this lovely interest from america which is lovely so i'm going to continue that I'm still forming the community still getting great guests on like jackie goddard who came yeah. on to my podcast i heard she's all right she's a pretty good uh, guest um yeah and just continue to get some great guests in line with the values of the podcast and use that as um well there you go here's here's maybe an exclusive jackie I think, and probably like yourself here, the podcast for me will form like a book, which forms speaking gigs, because all of these different episodes that we have, there's gold nuggets in every single episode that I think can help people unlock the best version themselves. So I think that's probably where that's going to go. So, yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I did put it together, which I loved doing, actually, and I think I might do some more of them. It was only because I had a bit of a gap, but I, I put together a, a best of 
Um, and this particular one was marketing, I think. And it was just lovely to go back and listen to, to what people had to say and take out those little nuggets and then kind of put them all together. And it was just, it just sort of really flowed quite nicely. So, yeah, it's yeah. great to, to pull out those little things. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, I was going to ask you then, oh, what was I going to, I was going to move on to something seamlessly then? And it's just completely gone. Uh, well, Jackie, I may I ask you a question then? Maybe I can throw you off even more here. Oh, go on then. What's, what's, what's in store for you and the Power to Speak podcast? Well, funny you should say that. I, I'm, loving this, I'm loving the lives. So I think it, there may be a bit of a transition because the podcast I, I get to record and I talk to people about what they do and how they got to where they got, how they got there. And that's great, but I'm loving speaking to speakers, which is obviously the reason that you're coming on. The reason I had Trisha on um, is, is to talk to people that have had the experience of actually being on a stage and how they do what they do when they're there, how they prepare, uh, what stories they tell. But also, I love um, I love the interaction to actually have a, an audience that you know I can I can grab questions. We can you know do that sort of Q and A. So that might transition from the recorded podcast, uh, which I've got I've got recordings up in, into the new year. So that will keep going for a while. And obviously, every now and again, if I get somebody fantastic that I want to you know talk to for an hour or whatever, it's 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 it, it will continue. But yes, thank you for that question. Moving yeah. swiftly on. Um, I was going to ask you about, oh, online. That's what it was. I wanted to ask you that during lockdown, obviously, like me, all that outside work in venues stopped. You took magic online. How, how did that work? Yeah, <laughs> very frustratingly at first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it was great. It was a wonderful journey that um there just seemed to be this point originally it started off by cheering everybody up so i i did some big pr in the the local newspapers to say i'm going to do this magic show online um the first one was free just to kind of cheer up the nation because we were all pissed off and all that sort of thing so i just basically got people to join on zoom realized that basically there's like a a, a kind of 2d you know kind of style that you know there's not things that i could do with many angles with magic so come on. Um, and I tried it with like a split camera. So I'd have like a close-up camera down here, main camera here. So I could switch between and just trialed it. And it got some great interest because no one else you know, couldn't do anything else. Could we really? And then uh, it just blew up in 2020 because everybody wanted Christmas parties and we could, we weren't meeting. So everybody was still at home. So um, it, it, this market just grew out of nowhere and people were booking with, with good money as well. You know, for me, just standing in my downstairs, like dining room, you know, with the suit on the top half and probably pajama <laughs> shorts, you know, on the bottom, yeah. but no one knows who knows that's the illusion, but it was great. And it just was, it was very, very challenging because of the technical aspect, because you needed, you know, um, high speed processors just to kind of deal with all the tech switching. So my old laptop, like, eventually just kind of blew up in the end because it just couldn't handle it. So I had to upgrade to get like a Mac just to deal with all the, the speed processing and the high-speed camera and that. But um, it was great. I loved it. Um, it's, it's kind of died down now because obviously we're not really, you know, we're doing things in, in real life, but there are still hybrid events where people are still booking. But um, it was fantastic. Yeah, lovely journey. I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. very proud that um, 
you know, there, there was a point, Jackie, where I was about to go stock shells in Waitrose because, you know, I'd, I'd had it. I was like, you know, no one's, everyone was refunding. Everyone was canceling their wedding. Um, but thankfully, I just started pushing it and then it just went, just grew. And thankfully, that kind of saved me through 2020 and 2021. So, yeah, yeah it was lovely. Uh, Very uh, fun. Yeah. And, well, and again, also, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go I ahead. was just going to say, um, one of the greatest things was the outreach um, that I couldn't do previously. So someone got me um, for a, a private birthday party and they said, our son's going to come on from Australia. So can we do it at midnight? I was like, yeah, great. And um, then one company, they wanted me to do something for South America. Yeah, sure. Great. And I would never have done that before without that. So it, it was lovely. Yeah. Very, um, very challenging, very fun very magical as well yeah I mean I did I did a similar thing with um improv classes online which I didn't think I could ever do um online because obviously you need to be in person or so you think you know the same with with magic that you think you're gonna have to sort of be there um otherwise it's not gonna work but yeah it worked online it was challenging um but like you I had people from all over the world I had yeah. you know I in in one group I had people from Canada from North America from France you know all all in the same space uh, which I'd never done before and certainly yeah. with what I do now it's kind of it's gone global which I think like you were saying for lots of people the lockdown was a complete reset and a, and a complete kind of um, you know what how how we can work differently yeah yeah it, whole belief thing again isn't it that uh, same for me me and magicians were like how am i going to create um rounds of applauses and and an amazement and um audience e- engagement reactions it worked but originally it was yeah. just um uh, unlocking that belief and going do you know what this isn't true we can make this happen and it yeah. works yeah yeah absolutely well just before we go we'll we'll wrap up here but i just wanted to um ask you about the hypnosis side of what you do because that's something you've done i'd noticed that you'd managed to hypnotize a lady into being able to play the violin for the royal symphony (laughs) orchestra how how does that work how does i don't even understand how that works because that's yeah it's just magic that's our minds it's it's very it's it's probably the closest thing to real magic I think is what I can experience. But um, so hypnosis is something that we all experience every single day. So Jackie, uh, am, am I aware that you drive? You drive? Yes. Great. So you will experience some hypnosis at some point driving. So you might be on the motorway. You might be thinking slit roads coming up and you start thinking about, oh, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? And then you end up just going past the slit road and go, oh my God, I forgot the slit road. But the thing is at that point, your brain is not saying, um, Left foot down, indicator left with the left finger, gear stick forward. It just happens kind of unconsciously, right? So basically what hypnosis is, is we are tapping into the unconscious part of your brain. So night driving, great example. You can quite often drive, probably have a conversation on the phone, eat, drink, and still drive. And it's basically like that. We're just going to tap into that unconscious part of the brain that just happens conditionally. And um, then we kind of confuse people with the pattern. So the, the idea with the lady that I did for the Royal Symphony Orchestra was to get her into a state of relaxation to then uh, completely give her permission to try something fun and then disturb that pattern uh, and interrupt it and then um, getting her brain to do something that is quite unusual. Now, most of the time with hypnosis, people can't, you can't make someone do something that they don't want to do. 
So that lady was clearly okay with that as a um, kind of you know, a condition response. But yeah, it's a wonderful thing, but we, we all experience it. Um, you know, like great example here, like Steve says this to me a lot. If you used to think of right now, Jackie, your left toe right now and the feeling of it, whether it's in your socks or in your shoes, where was that before? You wasn't thinking about that. It was just up there in your unconscious brain. And that's the same thing. It's just tapping into those parts that we don't really kind of think about. So yeah, very unusually uh, fun and spooky. The biggest uh, and my favorite thing I've ever done was to make someone believe that I was invisible, oh. which rationally and logically you would think, Ricky is not invisible, but his brain believed it. And uh, yeah, so I would pick objects up and you know, hover them like that. And he could get really, really worked up about it, really scared. And then obviously I'd snap my fingers and say, I'm back. And you go, oh my God. Or I'd snap my fingers and say, my head is now just a floating head. And it was, yeah, it was, uh, it's very, very scary and spooky. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Because I th- I have been hypnotized before. Oh, bro, uh, yeah. For, for smoking back in the day and for, yeah. you know, different things but are you're quite aware yeah. even under hypnosis what's going on yeah yeah but it's really strange that you can kind of get to that point where you believe that that person is invisible yeah well it's like when you have a dream so if you've ever had like a real vivid dream and you wake up and think oh my god was i really naked in the bank oh my god did i <laughs> and you go oh no no it wasn't real but your brain can believe that so from those dreams and it's just tapping into that yeah yeah strange very strange well thank you so much for your time today i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go so quickly while uh, you are here this is your website address so rickylock.co.uk where where we can find out all about the the magician side of what you do that's right yes yeah yeah and then very quickly the confident club which is their confidentclub.com yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So check out for our open days. Uh, there's going to be one in April 2023 and October 2023 as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests, or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. And remember, if you, like all of us, are in the persuasion business and need inspiration or tips on the art of verbal communication, then tune in to Leaning Forward with our friend Andrew Thorpe. Find Leaning Forward on your favourite podcast platform. Bye for now.